Have you ever thought about the benefits of having a professional coach to guide you through your life goals? Are you feeling somewhat stuck in life, not knowing what more you can do? If you have been exploring and thinking of ways to elevate your life to a whole new, amazing, and transformational level, living and breathing a purposeful and meaningful life, then look no further because a coach will help you get closer to those dreams. And if our videos and podcast episodes have helped you tremendously, if it has inspired you to seek the change that you desire. And if you are ready for the change, then we at the Good Life Podcast would be so honored to walk with you in your life journey, helping you propel further towards greater horizons through our personalized one-on-one coaching services. So don't hesitate and don't be shy to talk to us to learn more about the service. Feel free to drop us a DM or email us your interest at info at the Good Life Podcast. Remember that your future is truly limitless. The only limit is the ones you set for yourself. So if you are ready to go on this transformational journey, it is only a DM or email away. And I broke down so bad. I cried so bad because I don't know which is worse. I don't know which is more painful. It is to have the PCOS or to hear a doctor saying that you can't conceive. Because the person that you trusted the most, medically certified, right? Like you would want to trust and believe that person because she's an expert. He or she is an expert. Uh, when I hear that I cannot conceive, that was the most painful thing ever. That was when I knew that things were getting rough. Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode on the Good Life Podcast with me, Noor. And me, Ustazmi. Thank you so much for joining us in another beautiful and soulful episode. And we hope you're doing well. You know, we definitely truly do appreciate your time in listening to the episodes week after week. Indeed, your support means so much to us. So... Don't forget to give us a follow if you've not done that yet on whichever podcast platform you're listening to to get the notification on the episode releases. And it would also be awesome if you could give us a review as well, which would definitely help us to go up in the charts. Yeah. So, you know, in today's episode, we have a special guest who will be sharing with us her personal story of her ups and downs she faced in trying to conceive a child for the past 10 years. So here's a brief introduction of who she is. So she is the co-founder and managing director of Yamin Quran Academy and has been teaching Quran and Islamic Foundation for the past 12 years. She began her Islamic journey in Madrasa Wat Tanjung and then in Madrasa Aljunid Al-Islamia for 10 years. She furthered her studies in Singapore Institute of Management with a diploma in Management Studies. Apart from investing her time teaching and creating content at Yamin Quran Academy, she also devotes her time teaching prayer classes to newly converts at the Muslim Convert Association of Singapore. She is often described as a person who easily connects with the students on a heart-to-heart level. Her witness and energy never fails to bring positive vibes to the room she's in instantly. And during her leisure time, she enjoys reading motivational books and spending time with her husband of 10 years. She is currently on a fitness journey after many years of battling with with a weight and when she was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome. Today, it has been exactly one year since she began her journey and now enjoys her workout sessions, which she sees as a mode of stress reliever and as a means to bond with her beloved husband. And this beautiful guest is none other than Ustaza Nisa Rahmat. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Good Life Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for, for being with us. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. 
Very honored to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, Noor read the formal introduction of you. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I think it's going to be a bit less casual. Mm. So I think, uh, less formal, I mean, mm. um, I think we go quite some way back, like 10 years ago, I think mm. we've known each other. Um, from, you know, the early days of our individual institutions. Mm. Uh, and I, and I recall specifically also being at her wedding ceremony. Wow. As well. <laughs> wow. Ceremony. Yes. wow. That was like 10 years ago. Yes, eh? exactly. So, mm. um, we've known each other for a long, long time. And I, and I'm aware of, um, you know, her specific struggle, something mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about today. Uh, but of course, today she'll be opening up a lot more. And I guess today's hope, right, Saza, is for us to inspire some of our listeners who may be struggling with a similar challenge in their life, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be waiting. Some of them are hoping. Some of them are struggling. Some of them are giving up, mm-hmm. right? So whatever it is that you're going to share today is your own unique journey, correct? <laughs> it's not someone else's. It's, it's your own unique one. But I do believe, and we do believe here that there will be some points where others will be able to relate to, inshallah. And um, and I think that's the thing that we hope will benefit uh, our listeners the most, inshallah. Yes, can inshallah. Yeah. You know, like when you first heard about this topic, you know, wanting to share your journey of, you know, trying to conceive a child, what was going through your mind? Frankly speaking, there were many angles that, there were many thoughts that went through my mind. Like um, how I first found out that I was diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovary syndrome, how I first had this specific blueprint when I first got married, and um, and I I know that the struggle that I went through, it is something that many of my sisters out there are also going through mm-hmm. the similar um, struggle or the similar challenge. Yeah. So when I when when I got called up by you guys to talk about the struggle to conceive, you know, uh, the fertility challenge and everything. I felt that it was a need for me to share because not that I have found a specific solution to overcome this challenge, but it's more of like, how do you take the first step to calm yourself down first? Mm -hmm. Because... These kind of things can be very overwhelming and you don't know which path to take or what should you do and how should you react. And, you know, it, it can be very overwhelming, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in a nutshell. Mm. So so when I was called um, by both Ustaz Mizi and yourself, uh, Noor, I knew that this is something that is like a responsibility, mm. <laughs> if I can call it, mm. to share with the sisters out there who are struggling. In Thank this you. journey, yeah. Thank you so much. Maybe if we can start first, like if we go all the way back to ten years ago, literally, right? <laughs> when you guys got married, which month was it? December. So, December. So so belum lagi ten years. Soon, yeah, soon, soon, soon inshallah. Okay. Hmm. I need to ask uh, Ustaz Adi what his plans are for the anniversary <laughs> celebrations. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, what I want to ask is, when you guys in in your early days of marriage, was having children, starting your own family one of your priorities? Do you guys talk about this a lot? Do mm-hmm. you guys both love children, love the idea of having kids? Mm-hmm. What was it like? Um, let's start prior to marriage, mm-hmm. in fact. So when I first started uh, Yamin Quran Academy, I was 20 years old. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, 20 coming 21. So I have been this kind of person, uh, this girl where what Nisa wants, Nisa gets. Mm-hmm. So I've been that, that, that kind of girl ever since I was younger. So, um, I, I had this mindset where, uh, so I started the company at the age of 20. I got engaged at the age of 20. I got, I started the company at the age of 21. And then I got married at the age of 21. And then I got my first car at 22. So everything was planned out quite nicely. Mm. So I had the idea of a marriage in mind where after probably one or two years after marriage, I'll be having a child soon. Mm. But come year one, year two, year three, <laughs> and then year four, hmm, still no sign of baby yet. And then, um, of course, I, I, I took it as a, a, just a casual question when people ask, Dada. Mm. That's a very common question. Yeah. And, and 
Dah ada plus when they touch your tummy Dah ada and then they rub your tummy Oh my god That's <laughs> <Just> worse <laughs> And But they just immediately a... reach out and just <laughs> yeah. Eh dah ada you know oh. that kind of thing uh, yeah, It's yeah. interesting how It's two words eh Dah ada yeah. But it can be very painful Painful yeah. at the same time yeah. yeah. So so I took it as a casual question lah You know like maybe people who have not met you for so long right And then they don't know what's the update So mm. they just like macam Oh dah ada You know mm. Because the last thing That they knew about you was You got married Yeah Right So um, It's almost like a natural thing They expect okay, The next yeah. news yes. I expect yes. from you Is yeah. that you can have so a child So I, I had this Societal expectations In me mm-hmm. That you know um, I should be getting a child Like Right about now right uh, You know I had that, that That question in mind Yeah And then um, it was year f- the fifth year. On the fifth year, I had an extremely painful around my abdominal area. Uh-huh. So that was I was on my way to the office, and then I told my husband that I'm experiencing a very painful abdominal around my abdominal area. And then um, we went to the private doctor. That was when I was diagnosed with two things. So the first thing that I was diagnosed was with uh, kidney stones, mm. and so I thought like, "Oh, that, okay. that's painful, right?" Yeah, yeah, very. I hear of people who have gone through it; it's extre- excruciating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it was very painful. So I thought that was it. Yeah, and then the doctor said, "Oh, uh, we also check around your um, ovary areas that you have polycystic ovary syndrome." What What is that? So, so basically, okay, so. Um, according to my doctor, eh, is that all women have two ovaries, a pair of ovaries, right? Yeah. So just imagine the size of a meatball. Okay, mm. so you have two meatballs, and then your ovaries should be clear from anything. Yeah. So what I had was a cyst, like a pimple, mm-hmm. but poly, not mono, but poly. So a lot wow. of it. So so basically, both my ovaries are covered with cysts. Wow. Yeah. So, I thought it was just a normal, macam, like a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but it made it worse when the doctor said this. Um, okay, so the the natural thing that you will ask your doctor would be, what's the cure? Mm-hmm. Right? But the doctor said, oh, normally polycystic patients don't, don't have cure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, that kind of broke my heart a little bit. But what made it worse when the doctor said, oh, this would affect your Fertility, and then I said, "Oh, what do you mean? The chances of you conceiving is very low." And then I said, "Uh, okay." So it was very overwhelming. So many questions came into my mind. I don't know how to react. I was very speechless about it. And the moment I went out of the clinic, uh, oh wait! On top of that, on top of that, I remember asking the doctor if there's no cure, which means this polycystic will be forever in me. Then the doctor said, "That's that's the common thing, lah. Mm-hmm. Which means people with polycystic normally they they live with it. Uh-huh. So I had a lot of uncertainties. I was very clueless at that point of time. I really just imagine a doctor that you <laughs> you expect an answer from a solution from. She did not give any mm-hmm. solutions. So I even asked questions like, "Oh, what if I go uh, for alternative remedy?" Like you know, like juicing, ke, like detoxing, ke. yeah. Um, and then she said, "Oh, those are all baseless um, solutions." Then I'm like, "So tell me, what am I supposed to do?" Mm. Then he said, "Then she, I don't know. She gave. I remember she giving me like an antibiotic pills. But I know antibiotic is just mainly to kill bacteria, lah, kan? So, so I was really disappointed because I did not have any solutions to it. And then I went out of the consultation room. I met my husband and then I broke down so bad. Mm. I cried so bad because I don't know which is worse. I don't know which is more painful. It is to have the, you know, PCOS or to hear a doctor saying that you can't conceive. Mm-hmm. I don't know which is more painful. This was what, five years ago? 2014, 2015. Six yeah. Years ago. So, the kidney stone dah. <laughs> <laughs> What is kidney stones when you hear that you cannot conceive, you know? And then, um, yeah. And then after that, I, I, I probably like, I cried for like almost two weeks because the person that you trusted the most, lah, 
you know, like medically certified, right? Like you would want to trust and believe that person because she's an expert. He or she is an expert. So uh, when I hear that I cannot conceive, that was the most painful thing ever. And that was when I knew that things were getting rough and and people are... So I, I consulted a few people and then some of them said that, oh, you should go for... Uh, surgery, uh, you know, you should. Um, th- there were many. Sur- Any, anyone recommend the traditional? Yeah, kind of methods. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of jamus. Jamu. A lot of mm, traditional jamus, modern jamus, you name it. And then, um, oh, and then right after that, I gained a lot of weight. I suddenly had like in uh, what do you call it? Um, a sudden weight gain. Mm. Yeah, that was when I lost myself. Really, I started. Was to, it emotional eating? Yeah, it was a lot of emotional eating. I control my emotions through food. Mm. Yeah, so mm. like food don't judge you, you see. <laughs> <laughs> food, food won't ask you like, um, daddy, mm. <laughs> you know, food won't ask you those questions. So I always resort to food for comfort. Mm. And knowing that food will not judge you, food will give you pleasure. And, and I enjoy eating with my husband. That's the thing. So, so for two years, it has been an unhealthy um, journey. And then at the same time, I remembered like I had a lot of self-victimizing episodes. Like um, I would say that, oh, dah macam gini, nak buat apa? You know, mm. like I'm destined not to have children. I'm fated not to have children. Um, what can I do about it? You know, I, I start to blame God. I started to to self-sabotage because that's the convenient thing to do. That's the most convenient thing to do for me at that point of time. And then I remembered that my husband and I, I knew that whatever it is, he will love me. But there was one point of time, this question hit me so hard and I asked him this question. What if we are destined not to have a child forever? Will you be okay with it? And then he, yeah, I'm okay. Then I said, no, no, you have to think carefully. 10 years down the road, I'll be like, what, 35, 35, 36. Mm-hmm. And then 20 years down the road, I'll be like f- over 40. Tak anak. Will you be okay with it? Then he said, yeah, I'll be with you. And then a, a sentence that he, he said that hit me the most when he said, because the purpose of me marrying you is not to have a child. My main purpose of marrying you is not to have a child only. That's not my primary goal. So that was when I cried so badly <laughs> because here I am wanting a child so badly. And then after that, so, and then I, I so-called like macam radar with a quote. <laughs> and then here he is taking it so positively and saying that that's not my main goal of marrying you. So that was when I realized that this is not how I want to live my life with him. Mm-hmm. This is not what I want my marriage to be for the next 10 years with him. I wanted to change my mindset that I had for the past two years. Mm. That I had that I self-sabotage myself made me realize that I have not been appreciating or living the marriage happily. Mm. It made me realize that I should be appreciating what I have rather than continuing victimizing myself. Mm. Blaming yourself for, Blaming you for myself. what you don't have. Yeah. The thing that uh, the thing that I thought that I was supposed to do because I was given a, a womb and a pair of ovaries, it is to function as a medium to bear a child. Mm. And then at that point of time, I felt that less of a woman not being able to carry a child, mm-hmm. that's how I victimized myself. Do mm. you see that as like a personal failure? Not yes. being able to conceive a child? Definitely. That was, that was the first thing that I thought that I label myself as a failure. The mm. fact that I'm a woman... I was blessed with, again, like a pair of ovaries and, 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 and a womb, but it's somehow not functionalized to its maximum. Mm. So that was when I realized that, um, I should be, I should stop victimizing myself. That was when the moment when I heard my husband saying that the purpose of me marrying you is for you and not just for a child, that, that stopped everything. Wow. That was when I started to, acknowledge the fact that marriage should not only be for the sake of having a child but more of what what is your purpose of getting married mm. 
Mm-hmm. What is your purpose being with your husband? Okay, so now that so-called, you know, um, hypothetically speaking, that you are fated not to have a child in the next 10 years. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. So how are you going to live in a happy happy marriage for the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. Are you going to dwell about this for the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. So that was the question that I keep asking myself. Mm-hmm. I keep on finding questions on how am I going to make my marriage better? That, that was the beginning to everything. So the, slowly, it forces me to grow. Yeah. It forces me to get out of this comfort zone of, you know, like self-victimizing, self-sabotaging. And, and that was when I had a, a real talk with my husband mm-hmm. that this is what I'm going through and this is what I'm feeling. Because I have been um, keeping it to myself and keeping it to myself feeling like a failure. And that was the time when I told my husband that this is how I fe- I've been feeling. And um, I hope you understand where I'm coming from as a woman, mm-hmm. as a wife, you know, wanting so bad to be a mother. And then he helped me to change my perspective of everything. Like the marriage, like being a woman, you know. And then and then I, I realized, I started to begin to realize the value of being a woman. You know, like not being a mother doesn't make you less of a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. So, so I, I'm just wondering, I because I do get, you know, a lot of messages from couples who are struggling to have a child. And sometimes it's the women who come up and says, you know, Eustace, uh, it, it would be a lot easier if I had my husband by my side, if he understood, if he gave me assurance. To, in all honesty, I've had women say when they were ha- struggling to have a child, the husband joked, okay, open and close with the comments that it's okay, I can have it with another woman. Wow. And the husband Ouch. just laughed. It in off, you know, like it's just, it's just a joke. But I know that kills uh, a woman, so a woman's spirit. So I, uh, you know, for all our listeners here, like, would you emphasize on how valuable it was for you to have a husband who actually understood, who cared, who supported you all the way? <laughs> wow! Well, yeah. Wow! As in, that's very hurtful. Like for a I've heard worse Ustazah by the way but okay. anyway I'm just giving you one example <laughs> oh wow <laughs> but it's it's, rea- it's reality you know yeah, it's happening it's, out there it's true and instead of giving them assurance that you know I'm here for you I'll support you I married yeah. you for you yeah uh, they go the other way yeah how, how has your husband played that his part you know his role in helping you in becoming this woman that you are today I think first and foremost, it was, it is very important for, I guess, for both husband and wife. But in this, in this, in this case, will be the husband. Eh? That this is not a simplistic matter. It's not a, a, it's a very complex matter because not only that, this involves your physical being, but also your emotional being. Mm-hmm. And to think of it as a a very one dimension thing or a surface thing, eh? that you know, like, and then jokingly saying that you know. I can always marry another woman, you know, to 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 give me a child. Mm-hmm. I think first and foremost is to know your own worth that you married your husband because you know the potential of your husband being uh, taking care of you. That's that's first. So I think that when when a person who goes through such situation, first and foremost, she needs to realize that this is not the man that you married. This this is not the man that you married him for, you know, to joke about your struggles, mm-hmm. to joke about your challenges. I think first and foremost, you need to acknowledge and let him know that this is not a joking manner. Because because sometimes, I guess some people, joking is their way of coping, is their coping mechanism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like they may, they may say that, oh, uh, I can marry someone else, but you know, it's 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 their way of it's their coping mechanism. You see, there's actually an element of truth, you know, <laughs> through those jokes. I feel, and people make you know fun. Yeah, about but but some jokes I think lack class and like empathy, mm-hmm. empathy, empathy and, yeah. and there's no sens- sensitivity. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think, yeah, some people need to work on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Totally. <laughs> so 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 to me, from from my from my point of view, is that. For me, Alhamdulillah, I must say that I'm very grateful that my husband has been very supportive. And for my ladies out there who are probably going through this kind of example, you know, when your spouses are not 
supportive of this, the, the journey or the situation you're in. I think this is something that if you need an external help, don't be afraid to seek for help. Mm-hmm. Because there is no need to be embarrassed. You are not a failure for not for asking for help. Mm-hmm. You're not a failure for for seeking for third opinion. As long as the the the, the external help is is not biased, it's not one sided. So everything should be from a husband and a wife's perspective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and beautiful. I think what I'm hearing from you is that at the end of the day. If someone is going through this, it could be the husband or wife, whoever, right? If the the person is going through unfair treatment or being shown disrespect, they 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 should reach out. They shouldn't have to suffer in silence and allowing themselves to go through the experience where they allow another person to essentially define their level of worth. It's true, right? Mm. Right, because they they definitely do deserve better. It's true. Yeah. So. So I I feel for sisters who who are going through the journey of trying to cope with their emotions first, and then not having that support from their spouse second. That's that's those are the two things that I think that every ladies should actually get support. Because uh. mm-hmm. I mean I think there are a lot of listeners also their their question is this, and they they could only have been going through this three years five years lesser than you. But a big question that they have always asked and wondered about is, when should I continue to keep trying? Mm. Until when? When should I know when to stop? And perhaps this question you can answer based on your own journey and experience. Like, did you and your husband, you know, reach a point one day and you woke up and you you guys said, you know what, let's just stop trying. You know, when I what I mean by trying is that consciously looking for solutions and mm. alternative medication mm. and traditional healing and you know do- seeing another specialist. Like, ha- was there ever a point where you guys said we're gonna stop? Anything, whatever happens, happens. Kuesera, mm. <laughs> sera. Um, no, there was not a point that. Why? I would my, love to know why. Yeah, mm. there there was never a point that my husband and I say that oh we should we should stop trying. Mm. And 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 the definition of trying in my marriage, it means like I don't need to follow strictly to my ovulation, you know, chart, or you know, when's my next menses, you know, because that can get really stressful, right? Yes, yeah. it, it's like a chore, like mm. a routine. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like a <laughs> robot. That's true. That's so, true. so you don't, you don't. If I can use this word, I can. You don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. You don't. Um, it's not. A, it's not pleasurable anymore. Yeah. And 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 it's it's again. It's like a chore. Yeah. And and. It's something that my husband and I realized that this tracking period thing or tracking this ovulation date thing should stop. Mm. That's first thing so of that's, that's what you decided to stop on. Yes. Okay. That, that, that's something that I decided to stop on. And and the thing that we wanted to focus on more was to spend time with each other. Mm. So um we we didn't like much um oh okay so on this date you we must have you know we must do it on this date yeah. so it was not things like it was not scheduled so do it at your own time you know like just enjoy your time just enjoy being with each other's company and my principle of marriage is that have your honeymoon every day mm. it's hard the marriage is hard I have to admit it for the past ten years it hasn't always been a walk in the park it's been there's ups and downs. And we do quarrel. Um, we love hard, and we fight hard. <laughs> <laughs> but at least yeah. now you guys work out together. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so that comes fun. to so that comes to another point uh, in my life where uh, last year I turned thirty. Then, um, <laughs> and suddenly I woke up uh, exactly on 9th of February. I woke up at nine a.m. and then I thought to myself, I suddenly had this thought in in my mind, eh? I'm sick of living this this life. Mm. I'm sick of living this way. Living because you know, going back to the story where I suddenly had a weight gain, right? Yeah. I did not acknowledge that part. I I, I acknowledge that I have gained weight, mm-hmm. but I did not do something about it. Mm. So I let it be like. Let it slide. Yeah, let it slide. I let it slide, and I knew that weight gain is also another factor of infertility. Mm. But I did not acknowledge that point. Did the doctors say that to you? Yes. Yeah, because 
My wife and I, we also met a specialist in our early years when we were struggling to conceive mm. the first child. The specialist said to the both of us that you won't be able to conceive. My wife also had cyst. Mm. You know my wife. Mm. And and he said to me, you need to lose weight mm. or else you cannot have a child. But I remember this. He said that also mm. specifically. Mm. So two things. But my my journey having the first one was you know we also had some very damning statements said to us lah, like oh you can never have a child mm. it's mm. impossible for you to have a child because of the cyst same yeah. thing and we met a more senior specialist the senior specialist then said I tell my doctors never to say ne- impossible <laughs> because the senior one the has absolute statements are yeah, scary mm. but I think more importantly I think the senior doctor specialist she has more wisdom because she has mm. seen miracles happen. Mm. Yeah. And so miracles are possible, guys. So yeah. now we have four. Never say never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the weight loss journey. How has yeah, it been? So has it been fun? <laughs> yes, it has been amazing. I've so, seen a lot mm. of changes no, in the both of you. Oh, alhamdulillah. Um, so going back to the 9th of February when I woke up, um, feeling so lethargic, feeling like um, I had enough of living like this. Because I knew that it's about time that I acknowledge the fact that I have gained weight, mm-hmm. uh, a tremendous amount of weight. In fact, um, I'm just I'm just gonna be open about it. Um, I was at my heaviest. I was 136 kilo. Mm. That was when I realized that there are many factors um, to infertility, and and weight gain is one of the biggest factor. And I knew that I had to do something about it, since I'm trying, and this is something that I have. I cannot just sweep it under the rug. So, that was when I told myself, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to live like this for the next 10 years of my life. This is not how I'm going to start my 30s. This is not how I'm going to start my 30s because I've been enjoying my 20s and I how am I going to start my 30s? You know, so that was the question that I asked myself. And um, uh, so that was the point last year that I realized that I wanted to put conceiving as a secondary uh-huh. and put myself first. Wow. wow. So that was the that was the time where I realized that oh this is what self-love is. Mm, nice. Yeah. Nice. So that was when I realized that oh this is what putting yourself first means. Mm. Because for the past like what eight-ish years I've been you know, uh, focusing on my husband, I've been focusing on my career, and I thought that maybe it's about time that I focus on improving myself physically, starting with my physical. And then slowly, when I started my weight loss journey, um, bit by bit, it automatically changes the way I think about myself. Wow! wow. It all starts with when you uh lift weights. Mm-hmm. When I thought that I'm going to get bulky, but no. <laughs> Women, okay, guys, please remember this. Ladies, you won't get bulky if you lift weights, okay? So, <laughs> you won't be sado, don't worry. So, uh, yeah, so when I realized that I can actually, I can actually lift weights, I can actually do burpees. So, those are the things that made me realize that, oh, these are the things that I can actually overcome. And these are the things that I can do. And, 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 it, of course, like, it was not uh, an overnight thing. You know, at first, I could not do a burpee. I cannot do even do one burpee. I can't even do push-up, you know, because I was too heavy. And, and, but I see the gradual pro- progress. And that what changed the entire perspective of everything. Like, not just marriage, but everything mm. in total. Mm. And wow. the fact that you're doing this with your husband. And then, you are high-fiving each other each time you can do certain things, you know. Wow. And that was that was fulfilling. Wow. That was really fulfilling, and and that gave us. And, a then, and then seeing the change, the physical change, the weight loss, definitely having more energy, definitely. So yeah. that was like that was it. It gives us the motivation to continue mm-hmm. living um, purposefully. Mm. It gives us a sense of hope that you know what, like. Let's focus in changing, improving ourselves physically, and slowly everything will fall into places. Wow! So that was when in June this year, um, I was actually teaching Tajweed, and then 
um, a student actually talked to me about fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I do have few students who are going through uh, the same journey as me, trying to conceive, and some of them are going through um, IUI, IUI or IVF process. And then this question struck me. She asked me this question. Sasa, have you went for a fertility test? Just for your info, in 2012, two years after I got married, we went for a fertility test. Mm. Uh, but my husband like gave up halfway because it's like a lot of, a lot of tests. <laughs> so it was very leachy. So like, uh, yeah, so we, we, we gave up halfway. So, so this student of mine asked me this question. Um, um, have you gone for your fertility test? Then I said, um, no, I've not. So, and, and I've, I've, I would say like I've been traumatized by the, the last diagnosis, mm-hmm. which was the PCOS. And I've been traumatized by the fact that I cannot conceive because of my PCOS. Mm-hmm. So when the, when my student mentioned this, why don't you just go? Why don't you just go and just get yourself checked? Go and seek for second opinion mm-hmm. and see what the doctor says. For all you know, you, the doctor will give you hope. So last June, we went to a specialist. And then um, the doctor said, oh, okay, you have PCOS. And then, okay, like in my heart, I'm, I, I was saying, like, tell me something that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the doctor said that, um, then, uh, but the question that I asked him was, maybe because I'm older already and a little bit wiser in asking my questions. So I asked the doctor, um, does this decrease the chance of conceiving? Then the doctor said, you never know. So that kind of like gave me hope, you see, mm. and then and then he said like, um, what? Uh, he just gave me facts like, oh, one out of ten people, uh, ten women are diagnosed with uh, PCOS, and um, some some patients with PCOS successfully conceive. That was when he gave me another hope. Then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what he did was so so what he said was this: um, for the past two years, my ovaries have been inactive. Because uh-huh. I had um, irregular menstruation. And then after that, that sudden weight gain. So when he found out that I'm currently active and taking care of my nutrition, he said, why don't I help you prescribing you with these pills just to wake your ovaries up? Mm. So he asked me, how's my menses like? And then I said, uh, it has been regular for the past six months. And that was a miracle because... Um, I did not have my menses for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one week before my husband came back from his umrah, I had my my my, fa- my first menses after two years. So ever since that, it was it has been regular. Wow. Mm. So I would say, okay, besides the fact that it was Allah's miracle, I think one of the key factors that contributed to my healthy menstruation cycle would be taking care of my food mm-hmm. and my weight loss journey. So it has been regular for the past six months. So, so to the doctor, it's like, okay lah, so your menses have been very regular and it's about time that we wake your ovaries up. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, okay, I didn't know you can do that. <laughs> so what he did was he prescribed me with this, um, they, they call it uh, an overmeat pills. So I asked the doctor, is there any side effect to these pills? Then he said, oh, um, I'm just going to prescribe you uh, a higher dosage because you have PCOS. Um, I, don't, I don't know, maybe uh, if... You want to take it as a, it's a blessing. You might have twins. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. So, um, I took it with a very low expectation because my initial goal to consult the doctor was to make sure that both my husband and I are healthy mm-hmm. and our reproductive system are completely fine. So he went for his test as well. And Alhamdulillah, both of us are healthy. And then the after I took the pills, I went for my second checkup. And that's when the doctor um, discovered that I had two eggs. Wow. So that was when I realized that, eh, my ovaries are working. They're <laughs> <It's away>. functioning. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I realized like, macam, I got eggs. Mm. Yeah. That was when, then the doctor said, okay, so this is the time where you, this is the window period that you'll be trying. That's when it all started. Lah. So, Alhamdulillah, it has been very, um, it look, it, it has been looking very positive. It wow. has, the, the, the fertility journey has been very, 
um, amazing. Mm-hmm. And this is something that my husband and I have not experienced before. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I would like to share with everyone out there that don't stop trying, but instead look for ways on how to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Look for ways on how you could improve your marriage, your physical being, basically your health, your mental health, your physical health. I think that's most important. And the rest, then you you start to tawakal. Wow, I, I really love that. Such a beautiful advice. <laughs> you know, like if you could actually describe your journey thus far, how would you describe it in a word? How I would describe my life thus far is learn dash to dash be dash patient. That's my one word. Learn to be patient. Learn to be patient. So that's one word. Okay, that? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you creatively use the dashes to make it seem like a word. <laughs> but but yeah. Um. So basically, it's the the quality of being patient, patient in the whole process and trusting in the process. Trust and yeah. I I think another point is trust, because I guess uh it we. We always fear uncertainty, isn't it? Like yeah. we always fear of the unknown, and the thing that the world doesn't tell you, the media doesn't tell you, is that not all marriages are the same. Mm. We don't have a blueprint to our marriage. It does. It's not a one size fits all solution to your marriage. Yeah. Like they say, like yeah, communication is key. Yeah, but how do you communicate with your husband? Now that's unique, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> that's like really unique, and and this is something that. I I discovered throughout my marriage is that I discovered more of my husband. I realized that I have not been appreciating him. Mm-hmm. I realized that it's about time that we redefine our marriage. Your marriage does not define by what people think. Your marriage doesn't define by oh how many children you should have or um when you should have your children. It's all defined by what both of you husband and wife believe. And what is your purpose? Ten years down the road, twenty years down the road. Mm-hmm. So f- for me, my husband and I, um, our purpose of being married is to really continue to contribute to the society. That's it. That was our main source of motivation. Mm-hmm. Like there were there was once um, we discussed this matter. What if we are fated not to have children? Okay lah. Then we'll just continue to teach Quran. We're just going to continue to teach because at the end of the day, our goal is to eliminate illit- illiteracy. In in the world, mm-hmm. if I can say that, so that's it. That's that's our main goal. That's our main purpose. Wow, wow. Yeah. That, that's beautiful. That you know, the both of you are on the same page in terms of working towards a common goal, and that even if things don't go as planned, it's okay. It's okay, right? Like you know, what I'm hearing from you is that you'll figure things out together as a team, and I think that it's such a a beautiful union. It's seeing you guys working essentially as a team and having each other's back. That's right. I must admit, though, it's not easy to get to 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 that realization. But I would say that keep on seeking, seeking in terms of seeking for help spiritually mm-hmm. when you ask Allah, when you make du'a to Allah. That's one. But also to seek for help from the people around you. Like always be aware of your surroundings. Always be open to listen to people's experience or people's um, um, suggestions or people's advice. So even to, even today when people say, oh, dada, <laughs> I get, I, I still get that question after <laughs> almost 10 years of marriage. Dada, I would say, ah, inshallah, doakan. It's how you counter, mm. how, how do you make yourself feel better with that question? Yeah. That's most important. Yeah. Like, um, for those of you who just maybe just got married, maybe two years or three years, you might start to get very irritated and annoyed with those questions. But trust me on this, when you start to um, change your perspective of those questions, thinking that, you know, it's 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 a sign of love. Mm-hmm. Just take it, it's, it's love. Lah. Basically, people love you. Uh, even if they don't love you, they just merely want to mock you. Just say, Oh, sebenarnya, this person ni sayang aku sebenarnya. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe like, you know, like, uh, this person may be trying to create topic. You know, always find excuse 
for that person. Yeah. Don't allow yourself being a victim. Mm-hmm. Don't allow yourself being a subject of mockery mm. or any negative situation. In fact, yeah, yeah, and just like don't take things personally. Yeah, don't take things personally. Yeah, laugh it off. <laughs> yeah, I think do do you do your thing yeah. and. You know, because you can choose how you want to respond to, like, you know, the environment and the situations around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, um, you know, I, I love you, like, you know, sharing your story and seeing and hearing, actually, that great internal mental shift within, you know, from, as what you mentioned, a very victimized sort of mindset to one where I see it's an abundance mindset. One when you see where, okay, yes, um, I may be going through challenges right now, but you know what? I can get it through somehow. I don't know exactly how, but I'll get through it that's with true. my husband. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And that's when I think like, you know, you see possibilities happening in front of you. That's right. That's, that's beautifully put. Thank you. Wow. I'm so inspired. <laughs> by your story a- any any last piece of advice you know for our listeners out there who are also possibly going through similar struggles I think first and foremost um, I would like to acknowledge that everyone goes through this journey differently um, my struggles or my challenges may be different from yours I, I've known of Ladies out there who struggle with their in-laws, for example. I've gone through ex- situations where people say to me, you better give your husband a child or he'll find someone new because mm-hmm. he's an ustaz. You know, he'll... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that, is that thing again yeah, that I hear? Yeah, so uh, he'll, he'll, he'll... But it's not proven statistically, okay? No? <laughs> <laughs> I know RMM, okay? I'm part of it, so... I know that not as there are more non-ustazes who have two wives. Such a stereotype. Okay, point noted. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so I've gone through episodes, you know, when people say like, um, uh, you make sure you take care of yourself or else your husband will find someone else. Um, um, oh, tak malu ke? Don't, aren't, you, aren't you ashamed um, that you are unable to conceive? You know, I, I've went through such episodes and and I acknowledge that there are women out there who, who goes through worse situation than me, right? So, but my advice or my, my, my last words to everyone is to strongly have faith and to enjoy your marriage as much as possible. I know many women out there yearn to be a mother, dying to be a mother, and, and it gives them a sense of hope. Remember this. No matter how much you try, finding options in conceiving, remember that at the end of the day, it's always you and your husband against the world. You should put your marriage first and make sure that your marriage is your safe haven. Your marriage should be your safety net. Should there be any challenges, it's your husband that you go to. If you have any calamities if you face any calamities it's your husband that you should go to and and if you're not going if you're not having that i would like to suggest that to find help to seek help to redefine your marriage and find that tranquility in your marriage make sure that both you and your husband are on the same page both you and your husband have the same purpose so that even if you are not destined or fated to have children it is just you and your husband against the world. And that's an amazing thing I can tell you for sure. Mm. And and finally, remember that if you're fated not to have children, if for 10 years or even more more than 10 years that you have been trying for a child and the results have been very unsuccessful, remember that you're not less of a woman, that you're unable to conceive. Just remember that. All right. Thank you so much. Wow. Beautiful, powerful advice. Gave me goosebumps. Wow. All I can say is just wow. You know, I I hope that the women out there who are you know, listening to this, um, going through similar challenges as well, would be able to resonate with, you know, what you just shared and to find it within them, right? The courage to seek and live the life that they truly deserve. Right? And, and not live a life that is filled with the fears, 
or in a disrespect being shown by other people around them. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Wow, beautiful. Thank you so much, you know, Ustaza, for joining us on this episode. But before we can release you, um, we always have this fire round question um, that we do with our guests. Ooh. So it's five quick questions. Okay. So the first thing that comes to your mind could be a word, a couple of words. Something is short. Um, just say it out. Okay. The All point right. is you cannot overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it. Oh, just yikes. Like, boom, man. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. Okay, first question. What makes you feel inspired or feel like your best self? Love. Okay, beautiful. Number two, if you could tell your future self one thing, what would that be? Don't overthink. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What is your best tip for making the world a better place? Be patient. Okay. What is the best advice you've heard? Ustaz Mizi once said. (laughs) (laughs) There was once... My teacher said this. You nak rehat? Tunggu kiamat. <laughs> yeah. So scary. So scary, right? <laughs> but that was the... That, that was that's the best the, advice? Yeah, I wouldn't say... Be- oh, you say best advice. Yeah. Bali, eh, sorry. Yeah, I, sorry. Like, I thought you said, oh, what's your, the last advice? Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> eh, Bali, eh, jangan masukkan ni, eh. <laughs> For a moment, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I heard it's that's, last advice. It's very oh, dark. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the worst advice you've heard so far? You are what you eat. <laughs> you are, you are, what, you are you what you eat. That's the worst thing ever. Why? Why, Why? is that? <laughs> like, okay, so this is the thing that I, I learned from my from my um, my coach. Eh? If you enjoy eating ice cream, then indulge. Okay, It doesn't make you fat. It doesn't make you fat if you eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. If you want to indulge in ice cream, indulge in ice cream. If you want to indulge... Um, um, in cake. In cake. Indulge. Yeah, go ahead. Like, never de- never let it define by what you eat. Yeah. To oh, me, so uh, to, personally, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay. Ken. <laughs> and question number five. Mm. If you could teleport, where would you go and why? Wow. I've never thought of being teleported, eh? <laughs> I would say my 16-year-old self. Because that was the time where... I last met my mom. My mom passed away when I was 16. And there were many things that I would love to say to my mom and ask for advice. Because if I had known what I should do for the next 10 years of my life, after my mom passed on, I think things things would be easier. But yeah, things, life's, life doesn't work like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Beautiful perspective. It's very interesting that you shared that you want to teleport to a particular year. Because usually people, when they think about this question, is teleporting to a particular place. Mm. So it's very interesting that you gave the answer. Mm. Thank you so much for that. You know, thank you so much again for joining us on this special episode. Truly do appreciate your time and, you know, your energy that you bring forth. Mm. In this episode, right? We totally do feel it. And to the you know, listeners out there, we hope that this, you know, episode resonated with you and it helped you in your journey of self-introspection. Don't forget to also follow us on our Instagram, the Good Life underscore podcast for more details on daily motivational posts as well as our episode releases. So, you know, share with us you know, your insights and your comments. We are so truly happy and honored to be able to read all of them and, you know, keep a lookout for the next episode. So, in the meantime, y'all, you know, have a good one. Stay safe, be bold, be beautiful, and stay the amazing. Using you that you are. Take care, everyone.